This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. What a joy it is to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And if you're watching for the very first time, let me thank you for tuning in. And if you're one of those persons that watches every time we're on the air, let me thank you for tuning in as well. Today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we want to discuss the repentance of the men of Nineveh. That's an Old Testament story, but there's a New Testament text that we'll be studying from. The repentance of the men of Nineveh. Stay tuned. Now today we offer a free Bible course, and, and I emphasize it is free so that you might understand how you can receive it uh, free of charge we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading today out of the book of Matthew. I'm reading chapter 12, beginning in verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. The scribes and the Pharisees came to Jesus, and they were asking Jesus for a sign. Oh, they had to have a sign. Well, then Jesus turned around and said, it's an evil an adulterous generation that seeks for a sign. But Lord, we're seeking for a sign. Well, logically, Jesus was referring to them as an even an adulterous generation, was he not? If they were seeking an for a sign and, and it's an evil generation, an adulterous generation that seek for a sign, then they were evil and adulterous. But Jesus said there's not going to be a sign given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. So just like Jonah was three days, three nights in the belly of the great fish, while the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And then in verse 41, he said that the men of Nineveh 
will rise in judgment with this generation and they're going to condemn this generation. Why? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. They're talking about Jesus himself. The men of Nineveh repented. Now, now Nineveh was the city to whom or to which Jonah had been commissioned to preach. Back in Jonah, the first chapter, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, for their, their wickedness has come up before me. But that's when Jonah rose to flee from the presence of the Lord. But, but eventually Jonah did go to Nineveh and preach, and they repented. And I want us to think about the repentance of the men of Nineveh. There really wasn't any reason, logically, that they would have repented. For example, they repented even though there was no command to repent. All that Jonah told them, yet 40 days and the city of Nineveh will be overthrown. Forty days and this city is going to be overthrown. There was no example for them to repent. There was no command for them to repent. There's no custom for them to repent. And in spite of all of that, they repented. But unlike that city of Nineveh, we've been commanded to repent over and over in the Bible. We're told to repent of our sins. And when we learn more about God, we understand that God's goodness can motivate us to want to repent of our sins. Romans 2 and 4 says, Know ye not that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. When a person stops and they think about how good God's really been to them, how God has blessed them beyond measure, it should cause a person to want to repent and turn to God. But repentance is not a holy suggestion. Repentance is a divine command. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 3.19 On the day of Pentecost when the people inquired what shall we do, they were told, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. Repent. Paul came into the city of Athens and he found a city that was given over wholly to idolatry. And as he spoke to those people about the idolatry of that city, he said the times of this ignorance God winked at. But, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, to repent. All people everywhere need to repent of their sins. There's not a person of power. There's not a person of wealth. There's not a person of great position. But what that individual needs to repent of his or her sins.
And one of the greatest needs we have in our world today is for people to understand Bible repentance. Because God has commanded that we repent of our sins. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 that godless sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world works death. You see, the, there is a godly sorrow. And that godly sorrow leads one to repent. When we understand how we have grieved the heart of God by our wrongdoing, it just causes us to want to change and to be better people. And folks, it's repent or else. It's repent or else. Jesus said, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. You see, there are those that refuse to repent. Jesus found people like that. Back over in Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 20. He began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. He rebuked them because they did not repent. Then he says, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say to you, this should be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. You see, Jesus is talking to people that, where he had done more teaching than any other place in all of the world. He had performed mighty works, and they had seen those mighty works. And in spite of all of that, they did not repent. You see, the men of Nineveh repented even though they had no command to repent. We have a command to repent, and there are those still who refuse to do so. The, the men of Nineveh repented even though their, the sermon was not a message of hope. It was a message of doom. Yet 40 days, and the city of Nineveh shall be overthrown. Do you think some of them started looking at the calendar and Marking the days off on the calendar, you know, well, it's just been 10 days gone by since Jonah's been here and preaching that message of gloom and doom. And there, there are 30 more days, they get up to 39th day, and, and the people repented, even though there was nothing to encourage them to change their lives. Christ came into this world to bring hope. Christ came into this world to encourage men to change their lives. Jesus did not come to condemn us. And he did not come with a message of condemnation. In John 3, 17, we're told the Son of Man came not to condemn the world, but rather he came to save the world. Jesus came to save. We need hope in these days. We need something that we can hang on to like a life raft in the midst of the ocean. 
And Jesus Christ is that hope. As a matter of fact, 1 Timothy 1 and 1 calls Christ our hope. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Romans 8.24 says we're saved by hope. Some people are hopeless because they do not have Jesus Christ. Christ came with a message of hope. And in spite of the fact that He came with a message of hope, there are those that turned that message down. The men of Nineveh had no message of hope. And in spite of the fact they had no message of hope, they repented and averted the destruction for another 150 years. Jesus is the only hope that we have. Try to imagine a man that's drowning. And someone sees the man out here in the water and the man is drowning. And, and, and so they have a life a rope that they can throw to that man. They have a float attached to a rope and they throw it out there near that man. And the man refuses to take a hold of the life preserver. Somebody said, well, a man like that would be a very foolish man. That's exactly right. Because it's his only hope. He can't swim. He's about to drown. Someone has thrown out the lifeline to him, and the man refuses to take a hold of it. Somebody says, a man that would do that is a foolish man indeed. Think about it. Nobody threw out a lifeline to the men of Nineveh, and yet they repented. But you and I have that lifeline. Je Jesus Christ, as it were, is our life preserver. We are sinking in the depths of sin, in the, being engulfed in the waves of sin. And Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus offers hope. And there are people who say, well, you know, I don't need Christ. I don't need Him. Does that sound rational to you? Here's a man who's, who's drowning in his sin. And Jesus said, I want, to know, I want you to know that I love you and I want to save you. I came into this world to seek and to save people just like you. And there are those who still turn him down. The men of Nineveh repented even though they had no hope. No hope like that. The men of Nineveh repented even though there was no invitation for them to repent. There was no call to repent. There was no invitation song for them to respond to. All they heard was old brother Jonah going down through the, through the street of Nineveh saying, Yet forty days and the city of Nineveh will be overthrown. Forty days and the city of Nineveh will be overthrown. He didn't say, now if you'll repent, God will change his mind. You see, there was no encouragement for the people to change. 
There, there was the, what a what an invitation from God is is a is a is an encouragement to make a change in your life. And God is a God of encouragement. And God is an inviting God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Isaiah 55 verse 6. The spirit and the bride say, come, let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. And some people say, I don't need it. I don't want it, Jesus. They, they reject Jesus. In John 5 and 40, Jesus there said, You would not come unto me that you might have life. We, you would not come unto me that you might have life. You know, I really have a hard time understanding that. How Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give you life more abundantly, John 10, verse 10. To give us the hope of everlasting life, John 3, 16. To give us hope for the future. And yet there are those who say, I don't really need that. I don't want that. But that's not new in our day for people to treat Jesus like that. Absolutely not. Because John 1.11 says that he came to his own and his own received him not. And it was predicted there would be those who would not accept his invitation. Matthew 21.42, have you not read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. Think about the time that Paul stood before Felix and he reasoned with him about righteousness and temperance and, and the judgment to come in, in Acts chapter 24. And the Bible tells us that Felix trembled. He trembled. And you'd think after hearing a sermon about righteousness and temperance and the judgment to come that, that he would have trembled to the point that he would have responded to Christ. What he did is he said, you know, Go your way for right now, Paul. When I have a convenient season, I'll call for you. So far as we know, a convenient season never came for him. He just said no to Christ. He had been encouraged, but he did not accept the invitation that had been extended. I think about Agrippa. Paul stood before Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 and he talked to him about the prophets and he said, do you believe the prophets? And, and he said, I know you believe the prophets. And Agrippa said, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. Maybe you're almost persuaded. Don't be almost persuaded, but be altogether persuaded to become a child of God. You've been encouraged. You've been invited. The men of Nineveh repented even though they had no invitation to repent. And the men of Nineveh repented even though the preacher did not want them to. Now think about Jonah. Back in Jonah chapter 1, he's commissioned by God to go to the city of Nineveh. And the man who had, should have been running for God was running away from God. That is, he thought he was. But he learned a hard lesson that you, you do not run away from duty. You do not run away from God. You do not want run away from your responsibility. Absolutely not. And so here's a man who, 
who did not want these people to repent. He didn't like the people of Nineveh. Oh, they were very fierce, very cruel people. They, they were the enemies of God's people. And it appears to me that Jonah was very biased or prejudiced toward them. I have often said that Jonah was the Archie Bunker of, of his day. He, he didn't care anything about the people of Nineveh. He was prejudiced to the core. You know, prejudice is still in our world today, isn't it? There, there are people that are prejudiced toward certain people because of the section of town they may live in. Or because the texture of their skin. Or, or because of the kind of clothes they wear. The car they drive. But you see, God's people are not to be like that. And Jonah was, should not have been biased and prejudiced to the Ninevites to the point that he did not really want to see them repent. And in spite of the fact that he was not very encouraging and did not want them to repent, they did. In spite of that, I can't imagine a more curious scene. People repenting in droves, and the preacher didn't want them to. That's not the problem we have today, is it? Preachers preach their hearts out trying to get people to give their lives to Jesus and to give their lives to the Lord and become Christians. And there are people by droves that are going the other direction. Now, there are good people that are becoming Christians. Don't get me wrong. There are good people that love the Lord and wanting to do what's right, but there are a great number of people who want to go the other direction. But not the men of Nineveh. They repented even though the preacher did not want them to. Now, a faithful preacher of the gospel has a burning desire in his heart for the salvation of the souls of people. And he has a heart like Paul in, in, in Romans chapter 10 when he said, My heart's desire and my, my prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I want them to be saved. But you see, that's not the kind of an attitude that Jonah had. And in spite of the fact that he didn't have that kind of an attitude toward the Ninevites, they still repented. And maybe that's the reason that Jesus said that the men of Nineveh are going to rise up in the judgment with this generation and they're going to condemn this generation because the men of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah. They repented at the preaching of Jonah even though there was no command to repent, even though the message Jonah preached was not a message of hope. They repented at the preaching of Jonah even though there was no invitation for them to repent, no encouragement for them to repent. And the men of Nineveh repented even though Jonah, the preacher, did not want them to repent. And so the men of Nineveh are going to rise up in this generation and condemn it. And here's the reason. He said because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Behold, a greater than Jonah is here. And folks, you and I have the one greater than Jonah. We have the Christ. 
Will the men of Nineveh rise in judgment with our generation and condemn it? Because they have repented of the preaching of Jonah, and in our generation, in our day, in the 21st century, we refuse to repent because of Jesus and His Word. Imagine standing in the judgment alongside the men of Nineveh. Try to imagine you're standing before the throne of God and you're trembling. And as you stand there before the throne of God, you realize your life is not right. In your lifetime, you cared nothing about church. You cared nothing about the Bible. You cared nothing about Jesus. But now it's all different now. And how you wish you could go back and change things. You had encouragement for many, many people to repent. But you cared nothing for that. But here you're standing in the judgment with the entire city. From the least to the greatest of that city. Who repented. Without the least ray of hope. That if they repented that they would be spared. What a very untenable position that we would be in at the judgment if that were our case. But it need not be that way because, you see, now we're living in a have time of opportunity to give our lives to Christ. Jesus died to save us. One day we will stand in the judgment. And if you'll give your life to Him by believing on Him, repenting of your sins, confessing faith in Him by being baptized into Jesus Christ, as the Bible teaches, you can have your sins washed away in His blood, Acts 22, 16. And you can live for Him. Give your life to Him today. When you stand in that judgment, alongside the men of Nineveh, all be well with your soul as well. I want to thank you for watching today. And may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone. Call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Do it right now. Or if you prefer, you can take it online. But we just want you to have it. We want you to take it to learn more about your responsibility to God your responsibility to others. I want you to have that Bible course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.